So a story goes something like this, where a, a man was walking his son through a strawberry patch, and, and as he walked through the strawberry patch, he picked up a couple of strawberries and gave one to his son, and, and both of them began to eat the strawberry, and, and uh, of course, out of a strawberry patch, the strawberry was good, it was sweet, it was beautiful, it was, it was, it was perfect. But as we know with strawberries over time, right, something happens and eventually, right, they're, they're, they're harvested, they're brought in, they're, they're chopped up, they're used in other foods. I mean, some of you put them on, on the top of your cereal. Eventually, strawberries are made into preserves and jams, right? Eventually, strawberries get so processed that they, uh, they end up putting them in things like, like Pop-Tarts. And uh, eventually, you get into a laboratory uh, where, where you literally have the essence of strawberries without any strawberries at all. Eventually, men don't take their sons to strawberry patches anymore to get strawberries. They take them to the store to get strawberry slushies. And those slushies don't have any strawberries in them at all. It's just a combination of chemicals and colors, some high fructose, this and that, right? And the kids love those strawberry slushies. They get used to those strawberry slushies. And then one day when that, that kid's grown up, that love for strawberry slush that actually has no strawberries whatsoever in it, that same kid's walking through a strawberry patch and picks up an actual strawberry and eats it. He doesn't like it because it doesn't taste like the strawberry slushy. You see, I, I think that's, what, that's, that's the world in which we live in today in modern-day Christianity, where in a series like we're in, we're speaking about spiritual warfare, and, and, and I think the devil, the scriptures say, is cunning and crafty and I think he's been around a long time. I think he knows what he's doing, and, and, and I think he knows how to do subtle shifts and, and just use different, different words, right, that, that seemingly mean the same thing, but ultimately get us flustered, get us a bit confused, might even get us angry. And if you're like me, when you get angry, sometimes you say things. And what you say might not even necessarily be wrong, except for how you said it was wrong. And then as a result, the message of those words get completely lost in translation. When we find our, our kids walking through strawberry patches and they no longer like the taste of strawberries... There's probably a couple things that we can actually do. Number one, I guess we can just keep them out of strawberry patches and keep giving them strawberry slushies because they like them. Or maybe we need to stop giving them those strawberry slushies and take them out into the strawberry patch again and again and again and again until that strawberry begins to taste sweet again. We live in the midst of, of, a, of a sin-sick age that has rejected the gospel. We, we live in a time when, 
when confusion reigns. We're getting ready to once again cast votes, which is critical and vital. And yet for some, we're so confused because we don't even know what the strawberry tastes like anymore. And we're putting the things of the world in front of the things of the Word of God. And so when, when we talk about a, 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 you know, a, a devil who, who some might not even believe is real, and yet they believe the, the, the stories and the tactics, like, like we get so confused in all of these things. And maybe what we need to do is remind people of the good news of the gospel again and again and again and again until that taste of the gospel tastes sweet once again. And so today, in today's message, I just want to say, welcome back to the strawberry patch. We're going to spend some time here today. In Ephesians chapter 6, it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, it says, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, (laughs) stand firm then. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, And with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit. On all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert, it says, and always keep on praying for all the saints. And so good morning to our Kerman campus, and good morning to our Bullard campus, and good morning to those of you online, and if you're here today in person, good morning. God is good in the midst of confusion And God is good in the midst of troubled hearts. And the devil is alive and well. And the the scriptures tell us, right, literally, the scriptures tell us, and you can write this down in your outline, that, 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 that he's mighty. Shane talked about that last week, that the devil's mighty. And he's strong, and, 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 but, I want, but I want to remind you, according to Romans 8, 37, that, that you're stronger because you're more than a conqueror through him who loved us, right? Like, we love Jesus, man, and he has made us more than a conqueror. And so while the devil's mighty, and while he's, he's, he's smart, and he, like I said, he's been around, the devil doesn't shoot from the hip. He's not connected to the emotions like we are. Right, We make those decisions so quick in the midst of that moment. And he just waits for us 
to what? To misstep. Right? You, you remember last week when Shane ended this, the, the, the message we talking about that story, the Pilgrim Progress, and, and walking down the straight and narrow? You remember that? Good. Three of you do, so that's good. That's a start, right? And, and, and so we're walking down the straight and narrow, and, and those lions, they're there. They're off to the sides, but the devil's chained up. And as long as we walk the straight and narrow, those lions can't get to us. But the minute we begin to move to the side because we're emotional, we're angry, we're caught up in the moment, right? All the excuses. Here's a great one. Well, I was drinking. Brilliant, right? And so here's what happens, right? Isn't this a stupid world we live in? And so the second that we, we step off to the side, those lions have access to us now. And as they reach out with those claws to grab us, at minimum, we're wounded. At minimum, we're going to have scars as a result of those momentary lapses in judgment. Don't we like to use those terms, right? Instead of saying, I screwed up, I blew it. It's like, well, you had a momentary lapse in judgment, yeah, you did. And look at the scars that you have as a result. Right? And this is the battle in which we live. And, and so we stay on this, this road this, that, that, that not a lot of people are on, the Bible says. There's not a lot of people. And that's what distracts us is because we begin to see people everywhere else. And we begin to see them more. We begin to walk in that direction. And then there's the devil, right? Reaching out. Right? I was in Africa. I've been in Africa multiple times doing, doing some mission things. And, and uh, usually at the end of the trip, we get to do a, a, a safari, right? And, uh, and that's pretty amazing just being out in the wild. Like we're not talking about the Chaffee Zoo, you know what I mean? Um, we're, we're talking about out in the wild like there aren't fences, Right? And, uh, and your guide will usually have a gun. It's illegal to hunt, but a, a gun just, just in case. Uh, so it's really only used if there's bloodshed, okay? And so you got to shed blood before they use the gun, all right? Not my idea, you know, kind of thing. And we've literally sat for so long watching a lion and watching them. And, you know, can, can you guys balance on one foot? Right, like my leg is like shaking right now. You guys get that right? And I'm doing good right now, you know what I'm saying? You ever wonder if you're ever gonna get pulled over drunk driving, right, and you're not drinking and you still can't walk a good line? <laughs> right? Right, you ever think about that, you know? Yeah, I think about that all the time, man. I don't even drink and I think about that, man. Like, oh man, sobriety check, I'm cruising through, man. I hope I can do this, right? Fucking <laughs> great, you know? He's going to say, you've been drinking. And like everybody else together, we say, no, sir, right? You liar, you know? And those lions, like you've watched a kitty cat. It's been cute when you watch the kitty cat, right? They're going to pounce a ball of yarn. And they just sit there, right, with a couple paws in the air, right? I can't even do it, right? And they don't move. Watch these, these, these lions out in their natural 
you know, uh, habitat, man. And, and, and they're like on two paws. Two of them are in the air, man. They're getting ready. They're not even breathing, it seems like. Right? And they're just waiting for that moment that that, that baby water buffalo just gets just far enough away from mama. And then bam, there it is. Dust kicks up everywhere and you see the trail. You might lose them in the grass, but you see the trail, you see the dust and the chaos that ensues. And the Bible says that the devil is just like that. He's just waiting for you to get far enough away from your heavenly father. Isn't that nuts? And we're like, no, I want to check this out. I know I shouldn't, but this isn't going to be bad. It's only once. And the devil's mighty. He's, he's, you can write it down, he's, he's good at deception. That's, that's literally one of the translations for Diablos, you know, the devil is, is a deceiver. He's good at deception. And, and, and as, we, as we start walking through and, and uh, uh, I, I've jumped ahead, man. I'm sorry, man. Let's just go backwards real quick, right? Stupid devil, right? <laughs> or just I'm so wound up. I don't know which one, man, you know? But he's mighty. First Peter chapter 5 says this, stay alert. Stay alert, right? When was the last time you told somebody stay alert? When was the last time you warned a friend? When was the last time you were, you, were, you were challenged in your own life that you're playing with fire and you better watch out? Now, I've said this a lot of times, but, but we as adults don't like to hear things that we tell our kids, right? Don't touch that, that's hot. And then you've got an adult friend that tells you, don't touch that, that's hot. And you're like, what do you think, I'm stupid? As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, it says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. It says he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's looking. He's not shooting from the hip. He's waiting. He's waiting, right? You can write this down in your outline too, is that the devil is wily. Isn't that a great word? Some translations literally say in Ephesians 6, the devil's wiles, right? It's the devil's schemes is what we read. He's wily. Now, I don't know. I, I, think, I think I'm in safe company. You guys remember the cartoon, uh, The Roadrunner and, and Wile E. Coyote? Now, now, can I tell you something? This is interesting. This is, this is a cartoon that began in 1949. I wasn't around, just FYI, but I bet some of you were. And um, so I think that means I watched uh, reruns is what that means in my life, all right? Some of you got the original. But, but you know, the, the wily coyote was always hungry. And, and what did he do? He, he schemed to always catch the roadrunner, right, because he wanted to capture him and eat him. Right? You guys remember that? If not, like, you're, you're, you should. You should. This is why you don't laugh enough, right? And I, and I wonder, I just wonder, I wonder if, if the guy who created this character didn't create him based on who? The devil. Because he schemed. Right? He always had a plan. 
course, those plans, uh, you know, most, most often, if not always, turned out to be, you know, on occasion he'd capture them, but then that plan would backfire on him, right? And he'd escape again. I wonder if that's a picture of our lives in a spiritual battle that we're in. It's not all that funny, but it sure is true, right? Wiley literally means, and you can write it down in your outline, wily means methodical. Like a method, right? Trick. Always got a trick up his sleeve, right? He schemed. And I said earlier, the devil's not impulsive. He's been mastering his plan. And he's seen all the tricks that we have. He's watched this human behavior. He knows all about pride. You're aware of that, aren't you? Right? He knows all about pride because that's ultimately was his doom. And so he knows in us that when we begin to get prideful about things, and, and can I even caution you that sometimes letting down our guard like all is okay is the beginning of pride because it's saying, I don't have to be on guard. All is good. And I want to caution you that that might be the cracked door to pride. Right, we're going to get more into that even in, in, in a few minutes. But that's the, that's the crazy idea. That he's got his, his schemes, he's got his methods, he's watched this happen. You're not pulling off new strategies, I just want you to know. He's seen them all over and over. We're simple-minded people, sheep, do you remember that phrase in the Bible, right? And, and sheep follow sheep, and sheep do not smart things. And that's why it's so critical that there is a shepherd And Jesus says this about the whole sheep and shepherd idea, that my sheep know my voice. And in the world in which we live, the question you've got to ask yourself is whose voice are you listening to? Because as a sheep, and you're supposed to know the shepherd's voice, but when we get called off in a different direction, we just kind of go, man, like it's good. I got this. Right? And the devil's just waiting for that moment. Why? Well, you can write this down because we're going to pretend like you haven't already. The devil is good at deception. He's good at making things seem like it's not that big of a deal. It's no big deal, man. No, I got this. No, I'm good. Well, what's your phrase? What's your blow-off phrase, right? Which one do you use? Because we all have these phrases that we use to minimize the steps that we're taking that we know aren't good, but we got this, Right? Dude, I've been around the block a few times. Right, a good one? Right? 
So, so here's the idea. When, he, when, when he's this, this deceiver, I mean, he, he literally worked the system with Jesus. He, he tempted Jesus in Matthew, Matthew chapter 4. Like, like literally, this is what he was doing Dur- during the time. So, the, so Jesus is fasting, right? 40 days fasting. You get that 40 days. For some of us, four minutes of fasting is a long time. Okay? Let's be honest. The minute you say, I think I'm going to fast and seek the Lord, immediately, if you're talking about food, immediately you get a smell of a fresh strawberry, don't you, right? It doesn't matter. It could be leftovers that you don't even like, right? But when you decide that you're going to fast, all of a sudden, we go into this with pride. I'm going to fast. We have no plan. I'm going to fast. And the devil says, oh, good. We'll see how that goes. Right? And then so literally 40 days of fasting, right? And, and, and during the time the devil came to Jesus and said, if you're the son of God, then, then tell these stones, these rocks, to become loaves of bread. Right? Dude, he hit him quick. He hit him with food. Right? And notice Jesus didn't say, I'm lactose intolerant. I'm gluten-free. I'm on keto. Right? Like, right? Because this is what I want to point out, this whole, this whole uh, thing that transpires in this passage here that we're going to read through. What I want to point out is so often we end up having a whole paragraph of something to say that is based on nothing. And Jesus used nothing but the word of God when he said, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What did he do? He quoted scripture. He didn't give his own thought process. He didn't tell him, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I know what you're doing. I see right through it. No, what he did, he clung to the one thing that never changes. And that's God's word. If it's not hidden in your heart, you're going to have a rough time. Right? So, so we understand this. We see this. Then he says, if you're the son of God, jump off there up on the, you know, the, the hillside, right? Jump off. And for the scriptures say, uh, you, and then literally the devil's playing with scriptures, right? Hey, he'll order his angels to protect you and, and they'll hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt a foot on a stone, Right? So here's the devil playing with Scripture. And if you don't know Scripture, you don't know if he's right or not. Remember in the garden? Hey, everything's good. Have fun, right? I'll get back with you guys later, right? Enjoy. Just don't touch the one tree. It's, you know, it's not going to turn out good, right? And then what did the devil come and say? Did he really say And you're going, you know what? I'm going to be honest. I wasn't listening. Once I heard I'm going to leave and you guys can run run amok and have fun, I was good. Right? See, when you don't have God's word hid in your heart, you don't even know if, if the devil's telling you the truth or not. 
You don't know what word he flip-flopped on you. So what's he say? He goes back, quotes Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16. The scriptures say, you must not test the Lord your God. Right? He didn't give them some dissertation. He didn't explain to them, uh, you know, how, how. You know, I would be honest with you, man. I could do this if I wanted to. I don't even need the angels. Right? I'm God. No, no, no. What did he do? He clung to the one thing that doesn't change. What's that? God's word, right? Oh, my goodness. So, so literally, then he, the devil says again, I'll give it all to you. He literally is saying, telling them, I'll give, look, at, look at all of this, right? Look at, they're looking over the cities and everything. I'll give it all to you if you'll just kneel down and worship me. Maybe what he was saying is, look, I'll give it all. You can take over the Roman Empire, right? You, you, can, you, can, you can do it, and then, and then in the end, you can still be, be God. But that wasn't his father's plan, right? It, it, it wasn't his father's plan. And so here he is quoting from Deuteronomy again. He says, get out of here, Satan. Jesus told him. That's not the quote part. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Do you realize that God has a plan for your life? And I get it. Some of us are hard-headed. How many hard-headed people out there? How many hard-hearted people? Ooh, we don't, oh, yeah. Pull that one down, man. Uh, right? Yeah, a little trick right there, wasn't it, huh? And what happens in this process is, is we get so wound up, we get so, so, so frustrated by all of this, we might even say something like, just get out of here, Satan. You think that's going to scare him off? See, this story would be completely different if that's all Jesus said. But what'd he do? He went back to the one thing that what? Never changes. God's word. You know, can I just tell you something? Sometimes, man, we feel like we've been buried in temptation. Sometimes you feel like you've been buried because of difficulty in your life. You may be going through things right now and you feel like you're buried. We use that term, man, I just feel buried. But maybe it's not that you're buried. Maybe it's that God just planted you. And if you'll take the time, right, and put the work in, and put the faith in and the effort in, all of a sudden that seed that he just planted, man, is going to what? It's going to sprout. You remember that in kinder? You remember, man, when we got the seeds in the little cup? You guys remember that? Right? Were they Dixie cups during your time? I don't know. I think that's what they were during mine. Some of you probably had to use paper towels. They didn't have Dixie cups. I get it. I get it, okay? Listen, listen. You remember that. You, you should go home and plant one right now. Just as a reminder, why? Because when your kids brought that project home, guess what they did every day? They watered it. Guess what they did every day? They looked at it. And what were they waiting to see? They were waiting to see that little green thing sprout up. And they were so excited. When was the last time you got excited about the word of God sprouting up in your life? So, so we give credit to the devil because he's a dirty dog. 
okay? But I think we give credit to him for things that he shouldn't even get credit for. He's not even doing it to you, man. You're just lazy. It's not even the devil. He's not even got your name on his radar, man, because that's how lazy you are. This is nuts. Maybe, maybe life hasn't buried us, but maybe God's planted us. And it's just another way to look at life, to say, you know what, God, thank you for this opportunity. But I gotta tell you guys this, that the devil is vulnerable. He's vulnerable, man. He, he's got things that can expose him, right? Without a doubt, what the devil intends for bad, God wants to turn around and make for good, right? Remember, if, if uh, Romans chapter eight tells us that all things work together for good, for, right? All things can work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Like, like God can take that bad and make it good, right, in this whole thing. In Colossians, Paul talks about this. Uh, in chapter two, he said, in having disarmed the powers and authorities, having disarmed them, the devil can be disarmed. It says this, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by what? Mm, the work of Jesus on the cross. Maybe the reason you're having such a tough go in life is because you have never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Because when he died on the cross, he paid for your sins as a way to, to give you an opportunity to receive a free gift, this gift that he says, it's called salvation, and, and I want you to have it, and it's a way that you can have a relationship with your heavenly Father, and, and, and it's, it's nothing that you, you have to do except receive it. Who, who, who likes receiving gifts? And how much more does our Heavenly Father like to give good gifts? Hmm? So what? He can be disarmed. I'll tell you something else that disarms the devil. James chapter four tells us this. So humble yourself before God. Humility will disarm the devil, right? It says, humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will what? He'll flee. He'll flee. Now he's the one running away from you. That'd be like the lion, man. He comes, comes to attack, and all of a sudden, Big Bad Mama and all those other water buffalo turn around, Right? This is what the picture of humility before God is all about. All of a sudden, all that whole herd of water buffalo turn around and that lion goes, whoop, I'm out of here. I'm sure there's a TikTok video that'll show you that. TikTok the gospel. Wow. Let me tell you something. The reason we have such a hard time with this spiritual warfare is because we are not equipping ourselves. Now, the Bible, the, 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 the passage from today talked about uh, being armored up, right? It talked about putting on the armor of God, right? Armor is a, is a picture of protection, right? It's also kind of like declares on what side, like, like different, different sides had different types of armor, right? Like, it's like putting a uniform on, Right? I mean, isn't that the, uh, you know, you, you, you wear your, some of you guys have, have jerseys on today. You're wearing your team colors. 
even though your team doesn't know you exist, but you're wearing your team colors. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Unless the Cates are here, I'm the only one celebrating the Astros World Series victory. So whatever, okay? Now, let me tell you, you knew that was coming at some point. So let me tell you something, okay? Listen, in this whole midst, right, can I just pause and, no, I'm not even going to pause there. I'm not, no, get out of here, Astros. Flee from me, Satan. All right. <laughs> oh my gosh, but it was a good illustration, I'm going to tell you, all right? Listen, listen, write this, write this down, write this down, okay? Is you've got to put on humility every day. That's your first piece of armor. It's not even listed in that Ephesians passage, right? But it's in Colossians. Since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself. And it says, clothe, clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Like, this is important. Every day of our life that we clothe ourselves with these things, right? Tenderhearted mercy. Why? Because we care for other people. Kindness. Why? Because kindness is something that makes people go, wow, there's something different about you, right? Humility is not all about me right? That, that gentleness, right? Patience in all this, right? And then the second thing I want you to write down is to put on armor every day, right? We first put on humility, then we put on armor. Why do I need to put on humility first? Because if I'm prideful, I don't think I need the armor. I don't need it. I got this. That's, that's all right. I, I'm, God understands I'm behind today. I'm running behind. And I do have to stop at Starbucks before I go to work, so I don't have time to read my Bible this morning. God knows I need my coffee. He created me. Right? Don't we say stupid things? Right? And so it, this becomes this trap. So we got to start with humility because with humility then brings what? The understanding of what I need from Jesus, and that's that armor, and it's beautiful. And it literally says, right, in Ephesians 6, it literally talks about the belt of truth. What is your life standing on? Jesus referred back to that never-changing word of God. And if that's not your source of truth, then you're distorted. You don't have a true source of truth. Truth isn't changing. Our culture's changing. Truth doesn't change. We all of a sudden have figured out ways to justify certain things in this world. But God says, right? He, what, 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 did, what, did, what did Jesus keep saying to him, right? That the scripture says. Now, when I grew up in church, we read King James Bibles, right? And then it was, thus saith the Lord, right? And I like that phrase, man. I like that. It's strong. So he says, the belt of truth, you got to put it on, right? And then he talks about the breastplate of righteousness, the breastplate, right, of righteousness. That means what's right in God's eyes. And you know what the breastplate is, is protecting? Our heart, our heart, our heart. And I need protection with my heart. Because I can allow things that get in there, man, that aren't good. And I'll allow those things to get in there because I'm not standing on truth. 
You see? You get what I'm saying, right? And it's this trap. And so, so in this whole thing, right, we've got the breastplate of righteousness. The, the, our feet, man, are, 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 are wrapped in the gospel of peace, knowing that we're going to continue to move forward sharing the good news of the gospel, right? It's not confrontational. It's a message of peace, right? The confrontation comes in a person's heart, man, when the devil's trying to keep them from believing that truth. But listen, man, we're here to share. We're here to continue to move on the shield of faith. You know, here's the thing with the, the armor of God. Sometimes we think as long as we have the shield of faith, my faith means everything to me, right? That sounds great. But the devil knows if you are just saying that, right? He knows if you're just saying that because he knows that if you've not, uh, uh, once again, bathed yourself in, in, in truth, then your faith means everything is just a neat saying. Be careful. Be careful, right? And the helmet of salvation, the knowledge of knowing who God is and what he's done for me, man, is the very knowledge that makes me humble and allows me to function in the ways of God. And then that sword of the Spirit. Oh, my gosh, the word of God, the sword of the Spirit. Sometimes we just like to pound people with it, right? Right? Isn't that crazy? And this is, this is the crazy. Like these words are living and they, 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 they benefit our life. There's nothing in here that's going to harm you. There's nothing in here to harm you. Nothing. So what are you afraid of? I think every one of us has proved our own selves worthy of messing up life. And maybe it's time we recognize that, yeah, the devil's mighty and he's all these things, but listen, God is bigger and better. And if we'll put ourselves in position and through his word and in his truth, we're gonna live completely different lives, right? And so while the devil is a real thing and a real, real entity in our life and, 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 it's, and it literally waits for us to make a wrong move to pounce us, God is there before that move. We won't make that wrong move when we trust him with our everything. That's the beauty of it. Can you just write this down at the very end? Write this down is that we're all in this together. We're all in this together. And what does that mean? In Ephesians 6, at the end of that passage we started out with, it says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Listen, this is not about who finishes first. This is about us finishing together. Let's finish the race that God has put before us, all right? All right, we're gonna take a moment and pray here. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love and for the grace that you've given us. Thank you, God, that you care so much about us, that you've made a way possible for us to live in this, this world. And God, that you care so much about us, you've given us your word that literally helps us to take the steps we, we need to take. God, I pray first and foremost today for folks that are here that maybe don't even, have never opened their heart to you. 
with what, we, what we, your, your, your word points to is salvation. I just ask God that today would be a day where, where they would open their heart, they would pray and, and, and just invite you into their life to forgive them of their sins and become their Lord and Savior. I ask, Lord Jesus, for the, that weary, weary person that feels buried to be praying right now and thanking you for planting them in the midst of difficulty. That when we hold to truth, that we're gonna sprout up and be exactly what you created us to be in the midst of difficult times. And so God, we celebrate you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.